Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Triple Jump podcast. It's a video game podcast. My name is Ben. My name is Peter. Hello, Peter. How are you? Hello, Ben. I'm okay. It's, it's a slightly early recording. Recording. <sighs> Can you tell? Recording yeah. today. I can't even speak uh, <laughs> because uh, time of recording. We're doing all sorts of content. Hashtag content today, aren't mm-hmm. we? So we've got to get this out of the way. But apart from that, I'm doing doing pretty well. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I'm glad. It's early. You're right. And mm. uh, I actually went to bed for the first time in a long time before 11 last night. Wowzers. Yeah, Is that because you knew crazy. you had to get up? Yeah, partly that and partly because yesterday I just felt awful. Oh, no. And I don't think, I, I don't think I've been sleeping very well. And mm. it's probably because I'm looking at, you know, at memes until nearly 2 a.m. every night. That's what uh, I did last night. Oh, did you? You must yeah. not be feeling great today, then. Well, I'm. I'm. Fi- it wasn't till two a.m. Fortunately, but I mean, I got into bed last night, and then I looked at Mimi's for at least <laughs> an hour. On, I was just yeah. on Reddit or something, which I don't normally go on, but somehow I ended up on Reddit last night and was on it for ages. And this yeah. is what happens. So you don't have the influence of your of your better half. No, that's literally it. Suddenly it's meme it's meme time, baby. <laughs> She's been gone for like three days and you know, we used to go <laughs> to bed at like eleven because it was the sensible thing to do, and now I don't do that. I go to sleep at like one. Oh so, man. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm hoping you can pull out this dive because let me tell you just how amazing it was to be in bed before midnight, asleep before midnight. And then, as a result of a confused body clock, wake up every hour from 4am. It was beautiful. It was so good. Oh, Uh, wow. You'd love it. Can't recommend it enough. (laughs) Really good stuff. I'll be having to do that for the rest of my life in about two weeks, because she's finally (laughs) moving back. So, uh, And then that'll be it. That's good. No sleep ever. No, only memes. Mm, Exciting. Uh, Okay, well, let's talk about video games, as we are wont to do. You have the sponsor for this week's show. We get sponsored every single week by a different relative company. Relative? Oh, dear. Relevant. That's what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. It is early, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, A a relevant company. It's not even 10 a.m. yet. This is is outrageous, quite frankly. (laughs) It is, yeah. I don't like it. Can you please tell me what the advert says? 
have you ever? Well, let me let me ask you. You know that grandfather clock in your house, or that everyone's got in their house. Everyone's got a grandfather clock, right? Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. left to them by their grandfather. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, if you've got any problems with it, perhaps with the chimes that it makes on occasion, uh, don't worry. There's a service for that. Uh, Nintendo. On request, we'll send a gorilla around to come and fix any issues you've got with your grandfather clock and the noises it makes. That's right. If you've got a wonky dong, call Wonky Dong Limited, and and they'll they'll come and fix your your wonky dong. It is Wonky Dong. Hmm. Um, wonky Dong is the company, right? Yeah, yeah. Is it named after the owner? Uh, it's named after the owner and also the issues that they deal with. It's a very fortuitous kind of that coincidence, is. really. That it That's all really handy. It all marries together. Um, unfortunately, they couldn't get WonkyDong.com because um, right. it was it's it's, it's like taken. a uro- urologist's clinic, um, right? But the they they're available at WonkyDo.ng. Uh, oh wow, that's a good one. That's yeah, like w- our URL. WonkyDo.ng. <laughs> So, so, so is Wonky Dong the eponymous Wonky Dong? Yeah, is he or she uh, a relative of Donkey Kong? Am I reading into that correctly? Oh no, I don't think that's got anything to do with it at all. I've no, but Nin- made... Nintendo are involved. They are involved. Yeah, I've not okay. made that connection, but uh, or, or or maybe I had. Uh, that's <gasps> how I came up with this as what? a lie. No. Get out of here. I got you good there. Get out of town. You really got me. I was fully... I was about to call them because I am having problems with my wonky dong. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I just thought I'd give them a ring and see if they could send someone out to... I don't to know what it is they do. De-wonk your dong. Yes, exactly. Thank you. Uh, no, of course, that is Absolute Baloney, the real sponsors of the show each and every week of the wonderful patrons over at patreon.com forward slash team triple jump, where for as little as, God, it's got to be about 20p a show approximately, yeah. right? Yeah, Taking into consider, consideration the fluctuating value of the pound sterling, 20p per show, that's $1 per month, you can ask questions for this podcast and uh, if you go over to our, our Patreon and check it out, you'll see the post. It goes up every Tuesday morning, and then we take the questions from it every Wednesday afternoon. So you have a, roughly a day and a half to get your questions in, and we'll pick four of them for this show. And one such person is... Gavin McCallion, who's, mm. whose middle name is uh, Where Are We Walking Today? Gavin, Where Are We Walking Today, McCallion. Oh, I thought you were going to say Gavin, the Italian stallion, McCallion. Oh, if only. Maybe that's where we're walking, just along the back of a, a horse from Italy. A big horse. Yeah, I'd like that. Maybe the okay. horse has a uh, stereotypical Mario stache. Oh, yeah. Okay. You know? Something yeah. like that. That'll okay. work. Yeah, just make a bit of a little bit of extra work for yourself there. Yeah, it'll be fine. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so Gavin, the Italian stallion, where we're we walking today, McCallion, asks, <laughs> has a game ever made you want to be better at something in real life? The Last of Us Part 2 made me want to get better at guitar. Final Fantasy XV made me want to be a better cook. Surgeon Simulator made me... Wait, never mind. Forget I said anything. Big love, Gavin. Thanks, Gavin. Thank you, Gavin. Can we get someone to go and check on, do a welfare check on Gavin, please? Yeah. Make sure that he's not. 
I don't trust a horse with a scalpel. That seems like a bad <laughs> idea. He's not doing some surgeons in his yeah. back garden. Um, well, there's all kinds of um, of things in video games that where where like in the game you're using a skill that you probably don't have in real life. It's kind of the basis of prove it, really. But uh, yeah. Uh, something that I've always and this is this is like a sincere thing. It sounds a bit like I couldn't really think of an answer, so I just plucked something kind of obvious out of nowhere. But genuinely, when I play survival style games, it really makes me wish I could do like bushcraft and stuff. You know, mm. if you play something like Ark or um, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, Hello, Dead. Far Cry Primal. Yeah, things like that. It makes me want to be able to shove bits of stone inside a stick and turn it into a spear or build a shelter or, mm-hmm. you know, do things like that. Start a fire. I'd like to be able to start a fire. That would be nice. Can't do that without fire lighters and matches, which is basically that's not starting a fire yourself. That's just being <laughs> present when yes. when flames happen. Um, so I definitely wish I could do more of that. And I theoretically could do. I could very easily just buy a few books, maybe even sign up for a course in it. But I've got too many games to play, too many survival games to play. So there's no time yeah. to actually learn it. Um, why, why would you bother learning when you could just experience what it's like over and over again? Yeah, definitely. Um, the only other thing, and I think this is interesting, actually, uh, that things like uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater... They make me want to be able to skate, and they made mm. me want to be able to skate when I was younger. They they were, to me, made skating cool. I hadn't really, I was barely even aware of it as a concept before the games came out. You know, I didn't watch it on TV or anything. Um, but more to the point, even if I had seen skating on the telly, uh, I think that video game skating looks way cooler because real life skating. It's way harder to pull off like some some really nifty tricks and get as much air as you get in the video games. So mm-hmm. you watch professional skaters who are like top of their game and they do stuff that obviously I could never ever do and it, I'm aware that it's impressive and difficult, but it's just less of a spectacle than the stuff that you can do in video games, you know, jumping off a roof over a helicopter into a into an, an empty swimming pool. Yeah. I want to be able to do that and that's Why can't definitely- I do that? Exactly. Uh, whereas, you know, you watch Tony Hawk do the 900, which is, you know, a fantastic achievement in professional skating. And you're just like, well, I, that's like the first thing I did in Tony Hawk's Pro Skater is just jump out of a half pipe and hold the right button until I turned around like three and a half times. Or easy. Three and a, that's yeah. easy, Tony. It is, Tony. Get over yourself. Idiot. Uh, so, yeah, those those games even more than the real-life actual activity, make me want to be able to skate better, or mm-hmm. at all, in fact. I just want um, to be able to grind along the, the blades of a helicopter and make it take off through the make ceiling. Make it go. Yeah, so you can get the secret tape. That's it. It shouldn't be It shouldn't be so hard to get secret tapes, really. No. I shouldn't have to be able to skate. I should be able to buy them, yes. I think, right? Yeah. They've got to have a financial value that I can just give someone enough money. And then sadly, I can have all the secret tapes. Not if they're secret, though. You can buy regular tapes, but the secret ones are top secret. Oh, man. You know what we should do at some point for Approve It? Just hide a load of VHS tapes around no. somewhere. 
absolutely not because we neither of us would be able to get them as discussed but what yes. we should do is a is a real game of horse oh wow okay it, except obviously we're just going to it's going to be over so quickly because we're going to fall off constantly and hurt ourselves right so we could literally just line we wouldn't have to hide the letters anywhere difficult we could just put them in a straight line and we would still really struggle to get them in the allotted time Oh, I think that's I think that's skate. You do you have to get the letters skate. Horse is the is horse not the one where you have to do the better trick. Oh yeah, trick? you have to out trick each other. You're right. Yeah, yes, and if yes. you if you bail, then you get the letter automatically. Mm-hmm. So it's just it would basically be an exercise in just trying to stay on the board. Yeah. I think which could be quite funny, and we'd we'd have to bubble wrap ourselves up, obviously. Mm. Yeah, that yeah. could be fun. I could mean, it be. wouldn't be, but it's an idea for a video when we're it allowed is. outside. I mean, how cheap are skateboards? We try and make those videos on a budget, and I, I think they're probably more expensive than you would think or want to be. I think we get a kid's, kid's skateboard, yeah. go around charity shops, check Gumtree, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I don't want to sounds... spend any money on it, obviously. No, I ain't Maybe spending any money on it. Make our own skateboards. Yeah. And see how yeah, long okay. those last with uh, the, the, the wheels from an office chair. Oh, geez, that sounds horrible. <laughs> With a pivoting board that can spin around yeah. while you're skating. Oh, my God. No, we'd fall <laughs> off that immediately. We would, yeah. That'd be great, though. Anyway. Uh, apart from playing horse on an office chair board, mm. what skills would you like to take out of video gaming, Ben? Well, I had to think long and hard about this because I'm often quite content. Because you're so skilled already. Um, yeah, well, I have nothing to learn. Mm. And I'm often quite content to experience things that I could never do in real life in video games. You know, yeah. like, it's great seeing Nathan Drake and uh, Tomb Raider Lara Croft doing the big jumps and then falling down and really hurting themselves and then <laughs> carrying on heroically. But I don't know that I want to do that in real life, you know? No. It, there's inherently a massive risk posed by that. And I, I don't want to you know, put myself in harm's way. I will say that playing Oblivion really, really made me want to just go outside into lush green environments. Mm. Uh, there's yeah. something quite magical about that. Um, but there's one hit, it's, it's sort of twisting it ever so slightly, and it's a bit sad. But um, there was there was a period in, like, the late uh, noughties where, you know, you saw all these... You saw all these in-shape handsome men. Nathan Drake, Kratos, yeah. Commander Shepard... They're all like uh, big, powerful, handsome boys, they are. and and I think it was it was about that time that I I really started thinking, oh man, it'd be nice to sort of be in better shape, right? And so I t- I did take some inspiration from watching, uh, you know, watching those boys to to sort of try and try and improve myself in real life, and I can't look like Kratos because there's no way you're gonna take pizza away from me, but. I, I could be better. And uh, and I think that was something I took from games, albeit not necessarily a skill, but a sort of like, oh man, maybe maybe I don't have to feel like rubbish. Yeah, and, I mean, that's, uh, that's, that's a good thing. You know, it's, it's, I mean, I guess it's sad, you know, the, the idea of you feeling like rubbish, but it's a good thing that uh, that was something that video games was able to do for you or yeah. were able to do for you because it's that whole thing, isn't it, of... of dorky gamer boys just sitting in their room with their cheetos is that's the stereotype that grandma has in her head absolutely you could actually say to grandma well no grandma it's because of games that i work out in the gym essentially yeah 
Grandma, watch me bench 500. Watch me bench you, Grandma. Grandma, will you spot me while I bench 600, please, Grandma? <laughs> grandma, no, I can't have any of your delicious grandma snacks that you've made for me. No. I've got to bench and I need you to spot for me, Grandma. Yes, Grandma, I am eating enough. Stop asking me that. I'm eating too much, probably. I'm I on the protein, can't... Grandma. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there we go. There's some things that, that, that gaming has, has given us, or, well, has, has tempted us to try anyway, inspired us to, to try something, or think about what a nice idea it would be to make helicopters fly off through ceilings very safely. Yeah. Because of yeah. skateboards. If only. Yeah. If only we could. Let's move on to another section, Peter. Okay. Why not? It's uh, it's about playing video games. Mm. It's coming right now. Yeah. And it's called... Yeah. I can't pronounce it. It's too complicated for me. What we play in... Uh, it's what we play in time. Peter, what we play in... Oh, we play in all sorts of things. All kinds of hip hop happening. Dibbity dop, doody doo doo doops. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, I've been continuing to play The Elder Scrolls Skyrim, talking of Oblivion just moments ago, uh, both on my streams, uh, my, my weekly streams, and uh, also separately in a completely different run offline. Um, mm. Again, partly because I, I don't have my PS4 rigged up here. Rigged up as though rigged. it's a hugely complicated <laughs> it's, process. It's huge. Yeah, um, so that's been fun, continuing to uh, just, in both cases, not really do any main quest stuff, um, one slightly more irreverent and silly than the other, that being the live one, but uh, that's been that's been a lot of fun. Uh, I have uh, been on a bit of a binge of um, kind of information on the, on the upcoming Crash game, which uh, has made me play the old... PS1 versions of Crash on an emulator on my PC just because I kind of I mean it's not a complicated storyline it's not like I really need a refresher but I am just <laughs> intrigued to kind of I don't know just just go over it all and think because there might be some you know some throwbacks to old levels or characters or things so you kind of yeah. kind of just going over that and I may well stream them as well in the lead up to uh, the release of Crash 4 so I've been doing that also a bit of scouting for streaming uh, I can't remember if I've actually spoken to you directly about this. I've certainly I did a tweet about it and I've talked about it a lot on on my streams. But um, something that I really want to do when we get back to the office is try and play Spyro One from start to finish without flaming anything. Um, oh wow! And I've worked out that it is possible. It's not possible to 100% the game that way, but you can fortunately to to end the game and get to the first credit sequence. You don't need to 100% it. You just need to do enough that the balloonists will like allow you to get to the next level and the next level. Um, and I think you can free enough dragons and collect enough treasure without flaming anything. Uh, nice. Until right at the end. And then I will have to flame Nasty Nork. So it's kind of like, I've been calling it like the Jack Sparrow run, where you carry your one shot with you throughout the entire game. And then at the, in the final fight, you flame. Excellent. Um, so I was just making doubly sure that that is actually possible, and uh, I I think it is. I'm kind of halfway through, um, yeah, sort of as I say, kind of scouting it out. But uh, I've been thinking that maybe I'll just like get a load of bad food in and do it in a single like six hour stream one night from the office, um, just for funsies, really, Amazing. to earn some of that, earn some dollar for me and you. 
Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Donate big monies for Peter to not press circle. That's it. Um, That's it. So uh, yeah, it's it's been. Yet again, another throwback week for me because that's all I can really do unless I start <laughs> buying new PC games, which I don't. I've got enough to play on my PS4, to be honest. Who's going to do that, eh? Who's got time yeah. for new new PC games? Huh? Not me. Apart God. from, I mean, Bloody I'm going to be getting Halo Three soon, I guess. But uh, yeah. 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 Mm. yeah, But I'll be back soon in Newcastle with my Puz Four. So uh, yeah, really want to play. Um, Horizon. I got it for my birthday like four months ago and I've not been able to touch it. Ah, that's um, a good one. Yeah, it's one that I'm like, why have I not played that? Because I know I'll enjoy it. I just haven't, I just never got around to buying it. So, um, yeah, yeah, looking forward to that. Did you finish Spidey in the end? Uh, no, I didn't finish it. No, I just, um, I, I was I was enjoying it. And then, I don't know, I, I just kind of, I didn't care that much about the story. Um, oh, fair enough. Yeah, I think. Well, I, I I enjoyed. I didn't. I didn't dislike the story, but I just kind of. I I got. I got a ways through. I think I was about two thirds through, given what I've read online. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just kind of. Uh, I don't know. I think it it was a bit combat heavy that game. I'll give it. I'll I'll say that about it. Like you know, it was super fun to swing everywhere, and I enjoyed all the like side missions and collectibles and stuff. But sometimes you kind of get to a new area and you be like, okay, right, let me just let me just kill all of these guys or not kill more no no point. no absolutely not kill no um so yeah but, i mean definitely a good game it just uh it didn't quite didn't quite <laughs> web me in all the way to the end you know that, that common idiom web web me in that's that it i do would. know that one i yeah. i loved the story in spidey i thought it was uh, it, it really built to a very comic booky crescendo that made mm. you made you feel feel like the spite like the eponymous spiderman you know yeah i guess more to the point actually it's not that the story itself i i didn't like but i think i just felt i felt like i was i was grinding a bit just just beating up a lot of people all the time which i mean, it makes sense you're a superhero like of course you're gonna do lots of fightings but yeah uh yeah so the, yeah the story was the story was fine but um yeah i just kind of felt like i don't want to do more more punching thank you very much that's fair yeah yeah, I've got a maybe I've got a low low threshold for, for screw punches. it, I'm done. Yeah, for punches. Uh, what about you? What have you been playing this week? Well, I've been uh, being a big boy legend and just you know cleaning up in Call of Duty Warzone. Oh won, yeah, uh, yeah. won another game, didn't I? Oh, oh yeah. bloody hell! My first game back as well. It was, oh right. Uh, yeah, I seem to exclusively play Warzone now with old uh, again old comma school friends. Not, oh, old, right, not okay. old school friends, uh, yeah. and and that's really nice because we don't hang out otherwise, and I usually only see them maybe once a year, if that. Uh, but obviously this year that's highly unlikely. So yeah, uh, it's been really nice to reconnect with them and uh, and and play some Warzone with them. And I just spent a lot of uh, last Saturday just just playing Warzone and hanging out and making stupid jokes, and it was uh, it was really good fun. And the first game. We won it, which is kind of unbelievable. Obviously, it was downhill from there, but we were having a lot of fun with it. And I think that's what I like about Warzone is that we always have fun. It's one of the few Battle Royale games where I feel like I usually always have fun. Right. uh, Regardless of how short the games are, because you can just mess around if you want. uh, And Mm -hmm. sometimes it goes well. Okay. So that's good. Uh, Cuphead. That blooming came out of nowhere on PS4 this week. 
I never thought that would happen. I thought they were going to just keep hold of it. Well, well that's you, it what on... they said. Yeah, yeah. That's what they so said too. It's never surprising. coming to PS4. And then, yeah, yeah. The, the the a few hours before it starts showing up on storefronts and people are like, hang on, what? why? Why is this happening? And then the next day, it's live. You can buy it. So I bought yeah. it. And I have started it up twice now and played approximately 10 minutes in total. Oh, okay. Because that game is difficult. Yeah, I've heard that. And it doesn't... Sometimes it looks difficult when you watch footage, and sometimes it doesn't. And you're like, what? what's everyone complaining about? It's just Steamboat <laughs> Willie with a gun. It's just, right. It's easy. It's easy, uh, right? I'm, I'm watching sure it, it. Yeah, I'm sure it's definitely not in reality. Yeah, it's tough. It's a tough mm. game. And uh, the last, you know, both times I started it up, I definitely wasn't in the right headspace to play a game like that. Because I was, mm. I was just thinking, oh, God. <laughs> and so I was like, you need to stop playing this now and come back to it when you are in a better mood, sir. When you've got your Soulsborne head on. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. So um, that's, that's a game that I'm very excited to play more of. But not just yet, because I'm in the middle of this very chilled open world game where you follow foxes and birds who take you to shrines and things. Yeah. And then I'm going into this and I'm being beaten up by onions that are crying and rude boy carrots that are throwing smaller carrots at me. But I don't know if they're sentient or not and I don't know if there's some sort of twisted law there. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, t- took, a, t- took a little leave of absence from Cuphead there for a minute while I focused on other things. But uh, Ghost of Tsushima, I'm continuing to enjoy that. Um I've been playing for a number of hours now and I've only just done the second mission after the introductory mission. Oh my god. Because I've just slowly been making my way downtown walking Town. fast, yeah. And um and 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 just sort of following my following my nose because the next mission was on the south of the island and there were various icons on the way there and I would just go between them and just mosey on down and it all felt mm. like I was still experiencing this open world it's like the best ubisoft open world game ubisoft have never made yeah it's like an ubisoft open world game with soul and i know people love those games and i don't want to take that away from people i've made it very clear that those games aren't usually for me i'm i'm sort of looking forward to assassin's creed valhalla based on what i've seen Mm. um that that seems to be a huge improvement on on the other games for me personally yeah, uh, but there's just there's just something about this game that the world just feels very alive, and it's so good at distracting you in ways that don't you don't feel like you're wasting your time. Yeah, um, yeah. Similar to what you were saying about Spider-Man, actually. Sometimes when I'm riding to my next objective that I've set myself, they they just sort of populate the map with with little groups of of Mongols who are walking around. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, you see the icon pop up saying, would you like to start a standoff with them? And I think, well, I'm going to have to kill them all, obviously. But it does serve to sort of disrupt every single ride you have on your horse between areas. So that's that was sort of getting in the way a bit when I was playing yesterday. But uh, mm. on the whole, still really enjoying it. Obviously not that far into it, even though I've mostly upgraded my character now because of all the side stuff I've done. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, really, really good. Enjoying it a lot, actually. Ah, oh, brilliant. Yeah, when you put it like that, that might be partly what got in the way of me and Spider-Man is that I'd be doing all these side side missions, like going to, to thug bases 
mm. doing doing fighting with them. And then I'd be like, okay, I better do some story now. And then it would be a, a mission in which I essentially go to a thug base and I'd be like, oh, I've just, just done this, you know? I love thug so, bases. It's a shame. It's kind of, I feel like it was my fault, really. I should have enjoyed that game. Um, like, it should have been one of my favorite games of the time. And uh, it was just a, a very good one and not the the very best. Um, well, but, you'll 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 buy it again on PS5 because I Sony will. will make you. I'll definitely go back to it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I've watched. I saw a clip the other day of someone just swinging through New York on it. I was like, oh damn, it was so good, wasn't it? The, just the it the travel in that game alone is a very good game. I'm very yeah. much looking forward to Miles Morales mm, whenever that yes. comes out. Of course. Let's move on to another question. Let's. Uh, it's from Slaughtermain. Oh, and what does Slaughtermain say? Hi guys, thanks for keeping me sane in my long drives to and from work. The podcasts are a beacon of shining light on my working weekends. You're welcome. I've I said that really weirdly, like I'd never read a sentence before, <laughs> and I'm sorry for the strange inflections there. My question for today, when Ben was talking about Ghost of Tsushima in the podcast two weeks ago, he said it reviewed fine. There seems to have been a drastic shift in what scores classify as good, because I remember, cue old man voice, back in my day, that a game being reviewed at 6 out of 10, or sometimes 5 out of 10, being classed as fine. But it seems now that a 7 out of 10 is usually classed as subpar. 8 out of 10 is fine. What do you think happened, and why? Very quickly, Peter, I'd like to clarify Hmm. what I meant by yeah. fine. I meant it in sort of the understated British sense of it did not review poorly. Yeah. Um, so uh, certainly in the quipscope at least, and clearly I could have been uh, a, a bit clearer on the podcast as well. I did clarify that it scored the same as Spider-Man, and I loved Spider-Man. Right. But when mm. I said that it reviewed fine, it doesn't mean that 84 or whatever it got on Metacritic is fine. It just means... It's only fine. Yeah. It, didn't, it didn't review badly, is what mm. I meant. Um, it reviewed really well, obviously. An eight, a score in the eighties is 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 really good. But why do you think that? Why do you think review scores now increasingly, if they're not sort of eighty five plus, people are like rubbish. Yeah, like all that aside that you said about what what you meant by fine. I think Slaughtermain obviously still has a point that mm-hmm. you know it has to be a good seventy. Well, over 75% now to be fine, whereas, yeah, I think it probably was the case that 5 or 6 out of 10 used to be fine. I don't know. I think this actually goes beyond video games, which is dangerous territory for this podcast. Whoa! But uh, I think the same thing can be said um, about movie reviews and um, even just anything that has a, a rating out of 5 stars. You know, if you go on Amazon now and I'm about to buy, you know, some some headphones or whatever... If I see that it's got a lot of four-star reviews, that actually makes me sort of just stop and think a little bit. And I don't know why it should, you know? Mm. If it's anything less than... If it's like four stars or less, I'm like, hmm, what's wrong with it then? What's wrong with it? <laughs> it's like, well, no, it's, don't worry. It's, it just means it's very good but not perfect. Um, so it, it, this is a tricky thing. I, I thought about this question for a while when I saw the saw the notes ahead of the recording and... I think certainly something that we've noticed in doing worst games ever is that critics used to be way off in certainly around the kind of PS2 era where they actually seem to be way more generous. Um, but then that might be us looking at that in hindsight 
and and saying, oh, well, they were wrong. You know, our views of what good and bad is has changed now. But, you know, you we, we play terrible games and they give them scores of like, you know, 60 percent, 70 percent or and it's it's difficult to to understand how a metric that's supposed to be fairly objective, really, has actually changed in meaning. Mm-hmm. Because if you look at it, you would think that a 50 percent score ought to be the midpoint. You know, it ought to be. Well, yeah. that's right in the middle of good and bad. Mm-hmm. But it's not. 50 percent is 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 a, is not a good review. Um, but yeah, all I'm doing really is saying, yeah, that's that is a phenomenon, Slaughtermane. You are right, and I don't really know how or why it's happened. It's true though. Um, now, once you go b- below seventy percent, a game could score literally anywhere in that region, and it still means the same thing. You know, yeah, some true. one IGN could give it thirty, uh, Push Square could give it sixty, and it wouldn't matter because both those scores will make you go, ah, oh, well, it's not very good then. Um, yeah. I don't know. And I don't. Mm, sorry, and I don't know if it's a change in our standards as such. Obviously, games have got better in terms of what they can do. So, in that sense, our expectations have gone up. But only, I think they've only gone up relatively. You know, I think we were always expecting the best of what was achievable at that time, whether it's now or two thousand and five or nineteen ninety five. You know, so I don't think that even accounts for it necessarily. Um, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Do you, do you have any any possible explanation for this that I've not thought of? I have a theory. Okay. Uh, games are expensive, right? They yes. are expensive. And I know it. people are, are very quick to shout, well, inflation. And if you... You would be. You should be paying a thousand pounds for games now. Blah blah yeah. blah. But wages haven't risen in line with inflation. They haven't, and so games are expensive, and it's an expensive hobby. And games are getting mm. bigger, and the best games have such an insanely large budget and development time now that they sort of stand head and shoulders above a lot of their peers. So by comparison, the score that they receive when compared to other games. I think it's sort of rationalized accordingly. So when you get those big Red Dead Redemption games and they're pushing 100%, it's like they're not perfect, are they? But they have mm. to be that high because everything else sort of can't score below 80%, apparently, for some reason. nothing To, to score something below 80% is considered some kind of slight, right? Yeah, like, right. Like I it's see. just not worth playing. And that's not to say you can't, still find redeemable qualities and fun in a game that scored sub 80%. Um, But when so many games now are large and sprawling and, you know, live service, constantly evolving games, for me at least, and I think this is the case perhaps for a lot of people as well, the score has to hit a certain very high point before I'll consider diving in because I don't have the time nor the money for it otherwise. If you're trying to sell me a 100-hour RPG or a, an 80-hour Assassin's Creed game, if if it's not scoring really well, and by really well, again, I th- you know, I'm defining that as probably high 80s to 90s, then mm. I don't consider it worth my time because I know it's a huge time investment and I need to know that it's going to be worth that. And there are games that exist that score that highly. And so I'll play those. And so when games come out that don't score that highly, it's going to make people sit back and think, well, 
is this worth me even jumping into? And I think that probably has an effect on review scores as a whole, right? Yeah, yeah, you might be right. I think that's a good, that is a good theory. Yeah, if if all these, or maybe not all these, but some, a handful of games are scoring hundreds and 99s and 98s, then those become, I guess it does, it does kind of shift. I guess, yeah, I guess the point is, it's what has really shifted ultimately is what, 100% means mm. and then everything else has had to shift below that so that you know 80 or, or 75 even used to be a really good game but now that the 100% games are so good you've you've had to move everything down a little bit it's like the uh uh the the UMS marks for <laughs> uh for when you did exams in the UK UMS was like they would change all the grade boundaries depending on how well everyone else had done in the country right so it wasn't just oh if you get 80 percent in this exam you'll get an a or a whatever an a star it's it's all dependent on what what an a star actually is around the country and then everything underneath that gets changed accordingly and yeah i think that probably could be it yeah I think we just need a total do-over. I still think scores are important. There's a lot of debate about around scores because I think it does give people a very good general idea of, you know, of of what a game is worth to you and whether it's worth your time. As I said, you know, that's that's the big thing is that games are expensive and they're more often than not they're going to take up a lot of time and if it's not scoring really well, then you need to know that. And I do think, you know, you should read the whole review, but I think Case in point recently for me, the Destroy All Humans remake, mm. I got a bit of flack online for my opinions of that because obviously we didn't put out a scored review um, because there was an embargo for that, which was the Monday following when we released the thoughts and impressions thing. But I played it and I could tell, you know, this isn't great. This doesn't, yeah. this isn't a good 2020 video game. And the Metacritic for PS4 is now on 69, which is obviously nice, but also, I think, very fairly reflective of the quality of that game. Whereas you look at the Steam reviews from users, it's got a perfect 10 out of 10 because that's the market that loves that game. Mm. Um, Because the people who are buying it, as as I said, would, uh, would most appreciate it are the people who are probably fans of the original. And they're clearly the people who've bought it. And so they love it. And so it is all subjective as well. And I think, you know, it, again, the debate re- regarding the 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 importance of, um, of review scores sort of rages on and, and has been for a long time. But I do think they have value. And while the, the boundaries perhaps should be shifted slightly and we should reset the reset what what people rank games as. God, I can't even get the words out, but you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's. It's tough. Like it's 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 difficult because reviewers now have have all grown up with a review system that's always been like this. So mm. that is how they know how to how to score games. Um, but I th- I do think it has something to do with the fact that 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 as I said, games are expensive and there's only so much time in the day. So if it's not scoring crazy well, then you're probably not going to give it a go. Nor should yeah, you have I- to. You're right. I think Destroy Humans is a good example of that. You know, it it is by some metrics an a, an okay or even perhaps a good game mm-hmm. if you're a fan of the old one. But should people be spending money on that and investing time into that when there are other games out there to play? You know, probably not. If they if they're not going to enjoy if if you know as a reviewer that 
a lot of people aren't going to enjoy that as much as they would enjoy other games, uh, particularly if they've not played the original, then you have to, we have to, or the industry has to give it a score uh, that means, hey, it's not as good as some of these other ones. You see all these others that have got 80 or 85 or 90? We're going to have to give this game less than that, and we're all going to have to collectively agree that that means it's okay, even though it's in, you know, the the sort of the upper third of uh, of scores. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a strange phenomenon. Yeah. And Destroy a Human score doesn't mean it's bad either, obviously. No. I don't think it's a bad mm. game, but I don't think it's... I don't think it's as good as Red Dead Redemption, for example. You know, yeah. so how do you how do you get that across without putting it below that perceived good, <laughs> that that worth playing, that fine <laughs> area yeah. of eighty percent mm. plus? It's difficult. It's really hard. But uh, you know, it, there's there's it has shifted. It has definitely shifted in the past sort of twenty, well, fifteen years. I would say, really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. Well, there we go. Well, it's a, it's a bit of a weird thing that that has shifted, really, you know? Yeah. You would, would have thought it would be completely static, but it's, it's weird. It's pretty weird yeah. that that's happened. Pretty, hang on, uh, hang on yeah, let me yeah. just also Fetching it. grab um, my weird thing. Hang on. Yeah. It's all folded up. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's, it's weird that. Yeah. A bit like the next section. Weird, weird which news? Is, which is called, it's called weird news. Weird, weird news. Weird, weird, weird news. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It's weird news time. Welcome to weird news. Did we even answer the last question properly? I don't really know. We did have a conversation about review scores, though, so that's hopefully that's fine. We did, yeah. Yeah, I, there were moments in that where I was like, hang on, are we arguing for the opposite thing here? And then I was like, are we I talking don't know. about it? Yeah. You know what? It's the answer is I don't know, but I yeah. can tell you, I can tell you what I take from it, and that's it. Mm. There we go. Weird news, me, Peter. Okay, uh, I've got a weird news here that I only discovered yesterday. I, someone someone had sent me some weird news, and I 
I thought they'd just like added me on Twitter. They tweeted me. Uh, they'd actually DM'd it to me. Um, so, but I, I was going through my mentions trying to find it, and I accidentally found one that I'd completely missed from uh, at basically underscore Cody, who tagged both me and you in this weird news story. Um, mm. And and it was, I, I must have skimmed past it. Uh, Australian streamer attacked by magpie. Oh my goodness. Uh, this is written by Alex Walker and it's on kotaku.au, kotaku.com.au. Um, now, when I heard this uh, this headline, I thought it was not going to be very gaming related. You know, I've seen videos of people on YouTube who are like riding their bikes or they're out having a picnic and magpies are swooping down on them, right? And you're like, okay, mm-hmm. is this just a guy who is like, a, he's like a life, a life streamer rather than a a gaming live streamer and you know they just go out with a phone and hook up to 4g and just film them going to the shop or whatever so mm-hmm. i thought he was going to get attacked in the street however that is not the case so here okay. we go australian streamer attacked by magpie even streaming inside in australia doesn't guarantee you're safe from an old-fashioned swooping that's what aussie gamer lynchy discovered this afternoon in the middle of a lengthy overtime game of ranked Valorant, is that, or is it Valorant? I've never heard of that before. The 28-year-old Australian got interrupted by a cheeky magpie who flew in from a side door. After being initially startled, the Aussie sat back down to finish the round, only to cop the magpie equivalent... Oh, I see. Only to cop the equivalent uh, of a magpie headshot. Um <laughs> What the F, the Aussie expla- uh, exclaimed uh, before his webcam and headset were sent flying. It's really brutal as well. He's like, he's sitting, playing the game, you know, looking into his screen, as you would expect. And in the background, you hear this crash and a magpie just tumbles in, in the it's just on the floor in the background of the thing. And he's like, oh, oh, what? And it sort of flutters out of frame again. And he carries on playing. And then it bats him right in the face. It's suddenly like way up in the camera out of nowhere. It's like a jump scare almost. Uh, (laughs) Smacks him in the face. So uh, wildlife and Twitch are nothing new, says the article. But you usually see them on IRL streams, not on the 30th round of a Valorant game. When asked later how exactly the magpie got in to begin with, Lynchy explained it was a combination of a bird-friendly partner and toilet training for a new dog. A bird-friendly partner. What? Okay. Uh, he, he continues. I got this brand new puppy, two months old. Only picked him up three days ago, Lynchy said. So while I'm gaming, I need to leave that door open that's next to me so he can go to the toilet and stuff and do his doggy business. And because my partner has been feeding the magpies over the last few days, they're starting to hang around the back fence and stuff. So that's how they got in the side. Was not expecting that. As a nice bonus, Lynchy's team still won the overtime game and for anyone worried the magpie safely went outside wow lovely we Uh, should never stream again it just seems too based on the very little anecdotal evidence we have (laughs) yeah you get struck by lightning you get swatted you get swatted your cat could be sick in your computer oh no Uh, yeah magpie could attack you screw that quite frankly it's that whole thing, isn't it? Of you know, there are there are loads of things that happen nowadays where people are saying they don't happen more often than they used to. It's just now that we've got cameras everywhere, we catch this stuff on on film. 
You know, there were always magpies flying in and doing six on someone's SWAT team. But now Even in the 80s. Yeah, but now it's happening a lot more. Um, yeah. So what, wow. a, what a weird story. That is weird. How how bizarre. Have you got something to, uh, to weird me back with? I have. Are you ready? Yes. This is from Game Rant and Jason Roshlin, I right. believe. Domino's makes fun of Halo Infinite graphics controversy. Controversy. Oh, okay. Yeah, the UK branch of Domino's Pizza adds onto the discourse surrounding Halo Infinite's graphics following its lackluster gameplay reveal last week. Before I read any more, I mean, it's it's the internet and it's memes, but God, I, f- I really feel like Halo's taking an absolute battering at the moment online and I don't, I don't know that it's it really deserves as much grief as it's getting i've not been i've this is completely passed me by i saw the reveal oh, really? of the of the box art and stuff and the comparison with halo one and people saying that was a good thing that was before we saw the gameplay then mm-hmm. we saw the gameplay and me and you both agreed it didn't look that great graphically it looked like an average current gen game yes but since then i've not seen any sort of discourse on it so oh. People have been brutal about the God. memes are the memes are flying out of control. I think it's a bit. I mean, it's the as I said, it's the internet and it's memes, and I don't think many people take it that seriously. But my goodness, how some people are taking it very seriously. I have seen that brute face meme. <laughs> yeah, I love the brute face. The yeah. brute face is your brute face is beautiful. Brute. Yes. When Microsoft unveiled gameplay for Halo Infinite at its Xbox Series X showcase earlier this month, the biggest takeaway from fans was evident through a flood of memes about Halo Infinite's graphics. That palpable disappointment with what many regard as an underwhelming look at a next-generation system seller has kept up since Thursday's event, to the point that now corporations like Domino's Pizza are capitalising on the trend. Earlier today, the Twitter account for the Domino's Pizza UK branch posted an image questioning the potential of next-generation graphics by pixelating half a pizza, with very pointed text using the Halo Infinite hashtag that says, Don't worry, Chief, Domino's always delivers... Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the company's Malaysian branch has drawn attention on social media as of late by using pizza to make fun of Sony's PlayStation 5 reveal and posting other video game references, so it seems other facets of Domino's are following suit. Uh, so and then it just goes on and on and on and on about how the internet doesn't like how the game looks. I'll send you the the tweet now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's weird. I wonder how lawless um, like sub branches of Domino's social media is as a as a as a world. You know, as a frontier. Mm-hmm. Are they just allowed to basically post whatever they want without checking with some sort of central? thing because you think it in a sense it's not a great look to to just like in some ways it's fine it's fair game it's just like it's just the memes but at the same time you kind of wonder does it look okay to just be like hey other company that's not slighted us in any way whatsoever your product is crap (laughs) yeah screw you guys it's again it's that sort of silence brand meme Mm. Whereas like brands just trying to be relatable, buy our products, consume, yeah. and sometimes it can genuinely be, be quite funny and surreal to see Domino's Pizza go after Halo Infinite. But at the end of the day, they're trying to sell you their greasy diarrhea bombs, mm. and uh, and you know you're going to buy it. Because <laughs> I want one now. I'm However, there's pixels. That really pixel want. half the pizza is pixelated. The other half, which I can, my expert opinion, and I'm sure yours as well, Peter, can identify as a pepperoni passion. It is one. Yeah, you will never 
ever, ever get that even distribution of pepperoni that is on that that pizza. I was going to so, say, it's in a ridiculous. way, they've actually lied themselves. Maybe we should <laughs> reply with our own meme that shows what a real pepperoni passion looks like. Orange, because all the grease has melted the box it came in. And random distribution of slices. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Weirdly shaped slices and pepperoni just wherever they could fit it, basically. Because they made it look like a like a, a wheel. Because the mid, the very middle of it is just cheese because of how the pepperoni's lined up. That is yeah. not what happens. You don't no, get a, it is a, not. a cheesy circle in the middle. You get yeah. one mushed piece of pepperoni in the middle that's been sliced eight times <laughs> and is fused with the box by the time it arrives. That's what yeah. you get. Hmm. Um, and then it, you eat yeah, it. And enjoy it. You do, and then you don't enjoy it six to eight hours later. No. But you are right, though, about brands going after each other, because I distinctly remember they did a tie-in, an official tie-in with Halo in the UK. Domino's did. I can't remember what it was called exactly, but I think it had burgers in the crust. Okay. Um, Domino's Halo Pizza Burger. Burger crust. Let's have a look. Uh... No, that's not it. Um, mm, 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 2018, 2018. It was way before then. Um, Domino's Pizza to acquire Halo Pizza Chain in Germany. That's not what I want. <laughs> Halo Pizza UK. Uh, no, it's all just... It's, I'm, I'm just getting search results from the past few days, but I'm fairly sure there was an official tie-in. Maybe it was Pizza Hut. I'm not sure. Mm, okay. I was fairly sure it was Domino's, but I'm. I think there was one. They they like did an official partnership a while ago, um, and so that is kind of surprising. To yeah. again, you know, just sort of like, ha, got you. Well, we'll never work with you again then. No wait, <laughs> come yeah. back. No, hold up. We hold could up have done a, a halo-shaped pizza where it's just crust <laughs> and yeah. no filling at all. You Absolutely. Just buy, a, buy a stuffed crust ring. Maybe it was for Halo 3. It was a really long time ago. Mm-hmm. I do remember that much. Or maybe it was for Halo 4. I don't know. Someone will know. Somebody tweet us and let us know. But I'm fairly sure there was a Halo pizza. Something to do with burgers in the crust. It was pretty lawless. I didn't have one. But um, yeah, weird. That's weird. It is pretty weird. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for that. Oh, you're very welcome. Now we know. Uh, it's time for another question. Uh-huh. It's from John Th- uh, John Thompson here sort of second guess myself. I thought it said Joe Thompson, but it doesn't. <laughs> uh, John Thompson says, Hi, Bopper and Peeper. Being frank, I'm old. I lived through the horrific gaming days when shovelware outnumbered quality releases. Gaming magazines were filled with many eligible participants for worst games ever, and shop shelves were littered with the detritus from companies like THQ and Acclaim. With the demise of many shovelware publishers at the start of this generation, we've been fortunately blessed with many high-quality releases. However, as evidenced by THQ Nordic and 2K Games' questionable remasters. Did you hear my air quotes there? I I heard them. Uh, Do you think we're on the verge of a surfeit of old and rubbish classics being remastered to close out this golden age of games just for profit? Thanks and keep up the good work. From John. Hmm. What was 2K Games' latest remaster? Have they remastered or remade something? Yeah, I wasn't sure what that one referred to specifically. Um, 2K. I mean, don't they at the moment just make sports games, basically? Pretty pretty much. Uh, 2K um, games. 
Yeah, so. I mean, obviously, THQ Nordic, we probably know what John is talking about. Yes. Um, in a wider sense, though, uh, the, the the shovelware, it still very much exists. It's just digital now. Um, yeah, but that's true. John is absolutely right that uh, THQ Nordic is at least populating the market with games that we certainly used to consider to be double A. And there really has been a lack of double A games. Again, there have been a lot of, you know, fine which is a taboo phrase now, uh, games released digitally. You know, oh, but you... you what's up? I've, I've just found out what it is. Mafia. Okay, right, yeah. gotcha. Yeah, that's the voice. <laughs> that's the voice. Mafia 2, that mm. shining example of a remaster. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I think this is... This also ties back into our, our discussion about review scores, I think. Because there's so many digital games released now that it's it's difficult to stand out. Mm. And so when you've got a company like THQ Nordic, which actively markets and sells physical copies of games that are not, you know, going to set the world on fire, perhaps that'll start to pull that harsh critical curve back down again when they when they start to reintroduce, as they have done already, the for want of a better term the double a game you know the mm. stuff that thq used to publish the stuff that's that pe- that, re- that has a fan base and that people really like but it, it but it's not comparable to your five years 100 million dollar games like red dead redemption 2 and the last of us and so on you know the yeah. big the big games that take forever that just ruin the the curve for everyone else mm. because they just sit at the top and push everything down or everything has to try and bunch up together um there's definitely money to be made in that in that double A market. Um, smaller budgets means there's less pressure to receive insane review scores, which yeah. means much like indie games, they can take risks and innovate. Will they? I mean, I haven't certainly haven't seen THQ Nordic to choose a specific example do anything particularly incredible yet. But considering that they apparently had 96 games in development at the start of this year. There's still time for them to for them to pull it back and start showing some interesting games that you know you can see and think, oh, I'll give that a go. It's not it, releasing for at, at a price point of sixty quid, and it's scoring in the seventies. But I like the idea. I'll give that a go. And you're not going to see that kind of stuff come from Ubisoft or EA, you know. Um, yeah. But going back to the, the the question about sort of rubbish classics. Um, I, I wouldn't call destroy all humans rubbish, to be fair, but I'd, I'd, I would, I would say that it, as I said at the time, it's it's an interesting choice for a, for a remake. Certainly, um, I don't know. I feel like this is this is the time period now between PS5 and Xbox Series X coming out to get as many of these games out as possible. And mm. my word, are we seeing them starting to all show up now for some reason? Uh, but. I don't know. I'd, I mean, I'd rather they get it out of the way now and start releasing, you know, uh, new games or continuations of franchises and so on by the time the PS5 and Xbox Series X comes out. Yeah, I, I look at it and I'm like, part of me just says, oh, well, you know, the remake and remaster trend can't last forever because eventually all the good ones will have been done. Mm. Um but then, obviously, time is infinite, and history, there's there's more and more history as every second of human existence goes by. And basically, that just means, at the moment, there's still 
kind of more of a focus on PS1. I know they're now venturing into PS2 territory as well. Uh, and obviously, we're not just talking about Sony Sony consoles here, but those are the ones we're familiar with. Um, and, you know, soon it'll be that, like, all the remakes and remasters are coming from the PS2 era. And uh, they'll start to venture almost into PS3 era by the time the PS5 comes out. So, yeah, there's, there is essentially an infinite supply of remake and remaster um, candidates, as it were. Uh, so you do wonder in that respect if there is an endless supply and maybe even an endless demand for it, it may carry on forever. But I do, I do think that to an extent there is a trend in it. You know, I was thinking about this the other day with um, not just uh, remakes of things, but when franchises get brought back after a long hiatus. So I watched um, Jurassic World the other day, um, which I've seen before, but I just watched it. Uh, and it made me think, oh yeah, Jurassic Park as a series just sat for ages and ages, and then they said, hey, let's do this again. And you know, it then got me thinking about all the the Disney CG and live action remakes of all the cartoon based animations they did. And I think there is at the moment a big trend in remakes and remasters, not just because it's just sort of spontaneously happened, but I think because we're at a kind of sweet spot in. Um, the development of like the the available technology both in cinema and in video gaming people are looking back at games that at the time had major limitations in what they could do like in terms of scope and even just in terms of visuals and now we're at a point where we can obviously uh remake those or do them in a in a an HD uh release and so in that respect i would like to think that sort of around ps3 kind of Xbox 360-era games, there won't be as much call for all those to start being remade and remastered again because that's where the limitations started to fall away to a certain extent, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. things looked pretty good at that point and you could make worlds pretty large. You didn't have loads of smaller areas separated by loading screens and... You know, so maybe, maybe once we've got through the kind of original Xbox, PS2, GameCube games, there will be a bit of a a calming in terms of remakes and remasters. And likewise in cinema. I think once we've done all of those hand-drawn films in in the Disney re-releases, then they're not going to keep doing it forever and ever, I'd like to think. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, we'll have to see. Yeah. Absolutely. And being a real stickler about the definition of remakes and remasters, I'd mm. I'd like to see, you know, remakes start to fall away, as you said, as uh as as we move towards PS3 era games. Although, you know, we're getting a remake of, of Demon's Souls and I couldn't be happier. Yeah, true. So sometimes there's gonna there there are there are cases where it will be like, oh my goodness, this is mm. this is actually a really good idea. And you can do, as we've said, you you can do a remake and and really do a fantastic job of, you know, bringing a game up to modern standards and allow it to be experienced by loads of people who never played it before. Well, that's the um, thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was. That, that's what I was going to say. Is that you? Uh, you know, Soulsborne games are now probably way more popular than they were when Demon Souls came out. So, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, you now I think there's a whole new audience for that. And you know, I know you're looking forward to it partly because you're a fan, but also I guess because 
Uh, it's probably nice. It'll be nice for you to be able to talk to people about that game who haven't played it, but enjoy all the other Soulsborne games, right? Yeah. And likewise, I wouldn't be surprised if Beyond Good and Evil Two goes down well if they re-released the original again. I don't know if they'd remake it entirely, but they might do another remaster of some kind just so people, like a, the new audience for that series will be able to play that. And again, that's a game that I enjoy and I'll I'll play that just for just for fun, but I'll also enjoy the fact that I'll be able to talk to other people about that game if there's a newfound audience for it. Yeah, so. and you've always got to take into consideration... Uh, backwards compatibility as well mm, so you can always yeah. play those original games if you if if you're able to on your console or platform of choice um but you know i wouldn't say no to a a remastered trilogy of the uh, of what's it called of the resistance games on ps5 because clearly we're not going to get them on ps4 for some reason right. or you know infamous and so on the games that we just you can't play anymore unless you have a ps3 which is yeah. weird that they haven't brought those across. So there's always going to be occasions where where they'll say, "Oh, by the way, we're going to release all these uh, this entire series of games you can't play anymore unless you have that console as a trilogy, and you can just play it." And be like, mm. "Awesome! I don't care if you haven't done anything to it at all, as long as it runs okay." Yeah, uh, like I'm, I'm just I'm just excited to play play it again. So, well, yeah, there are certainly companies and outfits that are that are doing making remakes and remasters of dubious quality shall we say hmm. i think there'll always be a place for them particularly as we move further away from uh from from consoles where those games are stranded you know yeah uh, but it's it's a case by case basis you know there's there's no definitive answer i'm not against the idea of seeing more remasters and remakes because as with destroy all humans it just allows super fans and fans of the original to just play them again and, you know, yeah. they deserve to play their games just as much as we deserve to play our, pop, you know, favorite games. I'm sure there are Destroy All Human fans who couldn't give less of a less of a plop about Final Fantasy VII Remake. But I'm yeah. sure they don't begrudge people for being able to play it. Um, no. So it's nice that those people are catered for, but hopefully not in a Mafia 2 remastered way where the re- remaster is just broken. Yeah. Because that's not yeah. good. No, hopefully, hopefully uh, if remakes and remasters continue then at least they'll be of good quality on it you know on average yeah um, absolutely yeah. right well oh, blooming hell we're really got we're really going for it today aren't we we are yeah then we reach for a, a prop oh yes we've got 15 minutes until we have to uh, talk to our <laughs> patrons of a certain tier for a couple of hours so we really need to smash through this big discussion, big discussion. It's big discussion time. This big discussion comes from Dan Scott. Hello, boys. The likes of The Last of Us Part 2, Red Dead Redemption 2, Final Fantasy VII Remake, and the, and the Resident Evil 3 Remake all met criticism from a small minority of players who had perhaps let their expectations reach a point that these games could never realistically reach, whereas something like Ghost of Tsushima, which went under the radar a little bit, as much as a big-budget AAA game with a long development cycle can go under the radar at least, isn't met with similar criticism, despite the imperfections that this game contains as well. Do you believe that tempering your own hype and expectations can be crucial to how much you like a game, and has hype ever caused you to be a little let down by a game you'd have perhaps loved more if you'd managed your expectations better? Thank you, Dan. Uh, should we Thanks, answer Dan. that last question first, Peter, about being let down by a game you were very hyped for? Yeah, if there's any specific ones. I mm. can't think of any that... Um, so there's a, there's a difference to kind of... 
my my answer to the previous part of the question kind of leads into the fact that the answer to that last bit is no for me, but only because <laughs> I when I get hyped for something, generally I don't go in my my hype isn't that I've got high expectations for quality. My problem is that I get very hyped for something and then I if if I don't stop myself and sometimes I do stop myself, I will consume everything that's out there i will find the dedicated youtube channels for people who cover you know whatever it is that's being released like oh i'm i'm the number one spot for all your spyro reignited news and i'll watch every video they're putting out and uh that can be the problem is because then you you lose the pleasant surprises and you you're it's almost like your experience of the game is spread over a six month or 12 month or two year period um before it's even come out and you're just having little bits drip fed to you and so when you experience all those bits together you don't get to have that um that full uh that that all-encompassing experience for your first hour or so because you've already seen the little bits and pieces and it's you know sometimes you don't get the the sense of something being greater than the sum of its parts because you're already very well acquainted with those said parts Mm -hmm. however Spyro Reignited is a bad example because that was a game where it's a good case in point of something I was really excited for, but I wanted to not go in wanting too much, as you did with uh, The Last of Us Part 2. And one of the things I made sure I did not do was watch more than the the first uh, clip that they'd released of a dragon being freed. Because when I watched that first one, I realized, oh, hang on. All 80 of the dragons are going to have different designs, different voices. Uh, they're all going to be unique, which they weren't in the original game. And I thought, oh, I want to meet every single one of those dragons and not know what they're going to look like, what they're going to say, uh, you know, their, their designs and so on. And so I stopped myself and I thoroughly enjoyed freeing every single dragon, which kind of took me back to the first time I played that game when I was younger. You know, it was always a thrill to open a a dragon statue so yeah yeah, i think it's it is important to to step back and not consume too much of something that you're very excited for but yeah there's not there's not a game that uh i was let down by because i had high expectations it's just because i'd already kind of let myself see too much yeah i think absolutely is is uh trying to trying to take a step back from things really can elevate a game experience um but sometimes, you know, these companies just don't help themselves with the amount no. of their, that they're showing off. Um, my two examples of games where I where I sort of let my hype get the better of me, I think, is it was my fault. And it wasn't because I was consuming too much. It was because I got an idea in my head about what the game would be. And that's mm-hmm. not what it was. Um, now, I, the, the, the first example here, this isn't one that I had personally, but I saw it erupt all over the Internet. And that's No Man's Sky is people were expecting this game to be something that it just wasn't going to be. And when you look at their... Even though they lied about what it was going to be, ultimately, people were extrapolating things from their marketing that they simply weren't saying. Mm. And, And they were expecting it to be this, like, space opera. And it was like, well, no, hang on. I mean, 
I was looking at that with frustration and thinking, what is it that you do in this game though? You haven't told us what the like what the goal is. Yeah, it's huge, but like what do you do in it? Like what's the mm. point? What's the is there a story? Like what what's the what's the purpose? And they were being intentionally vague and because of that, people were taking from it things that they weren't saying. And so there was beyond the obvious lies, there was no way that that game was ever going to live up to expectations for some people. And in a similar vein, Unreal Tournament 3, as I've spoken about on here before, uh, yeah. at various points, was one that I was super excited to play with my friends because it had, like, uh, campaign co-op. But then the campaign was obviously, you know, just several stages of of these tournaments against AI bots. And it was like, well, this is actually not was what I was expecting at all. And so I was super disappointed. And the other one was Red Dead 2, which was sort of like a cowboy simulator rather than a cowboy game. And for me, that's not what I wanted. And so I was mm. disappointed by that. Again, as I've said, as no ad nauseum, don't think that it's a bad game because of it. It's just clearly not for me. Um, yeah. But talking about the, 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 the bigger picture, especially with companies, you know, not not helping themselves. I think a big part of it is is revealing these games too early. And uh, so I've mm. got the release dates, the announced dates and the release dates for all of these games here that, that Dan mentioned. And we should say that all of these games reviewed very well. All of them reviewed very well. Uh, the Last of Us Part Two was announced in December 2016 and released in June this year. Gotcha. Red Dead Redemption 2 announced tw October 2016 and released October 2018. So not too big of a turnaround there. But, you know, that was a sequel to a franchise people have been waiting for since, what, 2010, 2009? Yeah, it was effectively announced. Yeah, not officially, but in people's heads. I think we all knew that it was probably coming. So, yeah. So people had a long time to get ridiculously hyped by that. Mm. Final Fantasy VII Remake famously announced in June 2015 and released in <laughs> April of this year. And I think the best example of all of them... Uh, in terms of how to do it, Resident Evil 3 Remake announced in December last year and released in April this year. And I think, as again, as we've discussed, it didn't perhaps didn't review as well as Resi 2 is because Resi 3, the original, wasn't as good as Resi 2. Oh, yeah, that's true. So yeah. that 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 plays into that plays into it there. And people who perhaps hadn't played the original Resi 3, like myself, would then appreciate via the remake that oh, maybe this just the remake's great. But perhaps the thing it's based on just isn't as good as Resi 2, and that's why it didn't review as well. Um, mm. But, you know, Bethesda have done really well with uh, with Fallout 4, regardless of what you think of that game. Announcing it and releasing it in the same year allows people to get hyped and allows you to allows you to control the marketing. But you, you can also sort of control it in a sense that it, it won't get away from people too much because it's a limited time. And as long as you're not going to delay it, then, then it's going to be okay, right? You, you can you can just sort of announce it, release it, and not let people's imaginations run too wild. Yeah, that's uh, that's actually something that surprised me with um, the Crash Four release date. To go back to that, that's probably my new game that I'm going to bring up all the time because I'm very excited about it. <laughs> but the good thing is, I'm very excited about it, and it comes out in like two months. It was only announced about a month ago, mm -hmm. uh, so that's a really short time. Again, it was something that had been rumored for a long time, but officially speaking, that was announced at that uh, that event, and. Uh, yeah. Yeah, three months later, it's going to be released. People and have already gone hands-on with it as well. They have, yeah, absolutely, and it, it looks it looks pretty exciting. But uh, yeah, I think you're right that there is definitely an element of uh, long build-up. And No Man's Sky is a, is a brilliant example, actually. I'd kind of forgotten that game existed, but um, I I remember 
also kind of almost having my head in my hands at times, looking at people's excitement for that game. And not to be a bit, oh, you know, a bit kind of, oh, well, I always knew it wasn't going to be uh, gonna, uh, mm-hmm. led to be uh, led us to believe. But uh, yeah, I, I just looked at it and thought, okay, great that you've got this actual um, solar system or, or galaxy simulator. That's incredible. And look how big it is. You know, they had that panning shot or... Or that that shot where they zoomed through and past all these stars, and they were saying, "Oh, there's planets around all those stars, mm. all randomly generated animals and stuff." But you did just look at that and think, "But what do you do? Are we yeah. just going to be going from planet to planet, naming that that Brachiosaurus?" You know, um, and the fact that they didn't they didn't say, "Oh yeah," mm-hmm. and by the way, the name of your character is such and such. Here's here's a few story cutscenes. It was clearly not going to be. Uh, it it just I I could tell that it didn't have um, uh, it didn't have legs in terms of replayability or staying power. You yeah, know? it was a game built around a mechanic rather than you know yeah. anything more than that. And it's, obviously, it's come on leaps and bounds since then. But certainly, initially, yeah. as an example, like that's definitely one where people mm. just got way too excited, and they didn't help themselves when they lied about it. No, um, that, yeah, they definitely lied about it too. Yeah, but, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't a fan of how Sony treated and marketed Ghosts of Tsushima, as I've said before. I, I don't think they they did enough to explain what the game was, and you know mm. they they took ages to show it off properly. Uh, but it definitely seems to have worked in their favor, as Dan says. You know, it it flew under a lot of people's radars, and it's over delivered, if anything, because people yeah. are playing it and realizing, oh man, I wasn't that hyped for this, and it's really good. So I don't think every company should just not show their game off. But no. uh, clearly there's there's something in that that's worked for Ghost of Tsushima in this in this instance. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, to go just to say again, I think you're right that it's about probably the, the, the biggest factor maybe is length of hype or, you know, the, the between announcement and release. I think people just get, they have too much time to speculate and and come up with ideas and also it's difficult because something can be announced in a period of time where there are certain expectations about what get, what games can achieve and then by the time the game is released like five years later you know the standards in gaming they're they're always changing you know they're always going up and up and up and we're achieving more and more and more and then you know sometimes those games because they've been in development so long they do still have some of the limitations of uh the the starting point you know they've still got some of those five year old uh, limitations to them so a game comes out and you think oh well maybe it should have been a bit better maybe they should have uh, you know done it to today's standard not to the standard of the year that they started making it yeah um, so how about that that next Elder Scrolls game that was announced like oh, what man. was it two years ago now nearly yeah, that's that's sort of proves the opposite of our points though I think because I couldn't give less of a crap about that game at the moment like I'm annoyed that they announced it that early when they had well yeah I think it's because we're aware I think I think it's because we know because we're aware of the idea of announcing things early is not a good idea mm. we don't give as much of a crap about it but maybe that'll some change people, it'll change I'm sure it, it will yeah anyway yeah. some yeah Sorry, what were you going to say? I was just going to say some people, uh, some people will already be hyped for that. Oh, of course, and, uh, yeah, they'll be buying yeah. the knockoff merch and all that kind of stuff. Of course, they will. Yeah. That's just how hype works. Well, there we go, Peter. In the fastest fashion possible, where can people yes. find us on the internet? Team Triple Jump everywhere, YouTube and Twitch. We're modded over there by Lord Brotovich, Cecil Prumps, and Master Dactyl and Trowling Badger Mad- now. Mad- Master Dactyl. 
What, did I say master? I think mm-hmm. I always say that. Do you? No, it's definitely master. <laughs> yeah, I can I can read it perfectly well, but hey, it's it will always be master to me. Okay. Uh, we've got social media, Twitter and Facebook dot com forward slash team triple jump. Uh, Luke Eldon looks after our Facebook very well. Patreon.com forward slash team triple jump. All kinds of rewards, early worst games ever, ask questions on this podcast and so on. We've got a discord bit.ly forward slash team triple jump modded by Jack and Joe. The podcast available in audio form if you're watching on YouTube at play.acast.com forward slash s forward slash triple jump. The website triplej.mup, that's ju.mp. And if you go to that website and stick a little slash VODs on the end, that's where you can get all of our live stream VODs. Absolutely. You can follow Peter on Instagram at that Peter Austin and on Twitter at that Peter Austin. You can follow me on Twitter at confused underscore dude. We do lists every Tuesday and Thursday, streams every Monday, Thursday and Friday, Thursday being on YouTube. Worst Games Ever is fortnightly, Friday for patrons, Sunday for everyone else. Podcast is every Saturday and we do a show every other week. When I say a show, I mean something that isn't Worst Games. Please leave us a review on iTunes or your platform of choice. It helps something to do with Al Gore's rhythms. There's a new what? Oh, I've I've <laughs> I've put on this on the <laughs> script there. Worst X means to me. I think it's because I yeah, edited I've... where it said worst games from the last week. But no, what X game means to me this week? I'm doing one about Pokemon Blue. You can go hear all my thoughts about Pokemon Blue version there. We've got the new live stream mods, of course. Welcome to Mastodactyl and Trowling Badger. Thank you very much for stepping up and answering the call. Uh, Uplink Retro Expo. It's next weekend. It's officially happening. We have the dates now. We're doing a live Worst Games Ever, August the 8th at 11 a.m. Eastern Time or 4 p.m. BST. There will be a live episode of Worst Games Ever. Ticket information can be found at uplink.liretro.com. So go check that out. We'll be live next Saturday. Peter, please tell us the sponsor one more time. Hey, do you have a wonky dong? Call wonky dong. They'll de-wonk your dong. Beautiful. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. We'll see you again next time. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Bye! Bye-bye! Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 